thank you for listening to the B2B Marketing Podcast. My name is Katie Martell, and no, the lack of a British accent is not an accident. There is nothing wrong with your system. I am delighted to be your guest host today from across the pond in the U.S., where we are so excited to welcome the B2B community to a very special conference, Ignite USA, this May, the 23rd and the 24th in Chicago. Now, I'll be co-hosting this year's event alongside the wonderful Joel Harrison, so please do check us out. And as part of that effort, I'm here to introduce you to some of our stellar speakers. And one guest that I'm so excited is able to join me for this podcast today, and you will see him live if you join us in Chicago in May, is the amazing John Russo. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the stage, CEO, founder, and just extraordinaire of all things CMO-related at B2B Fusion. John, Hello and welcome, and I cannot wait to see you in Chicago. Katie, thanks for having me. I uh, I don't know how to top that introduction. That was uh, very gracious. Uh, my mom is going to be super excited when I get her to listen to a podcast. I don't know if she knows what a podcast is, but uh, thank you for that gracious introduction. And I'm fired up to uh, participate and ignite and share some of the things that we've been seeing across industry. It's been a challenging time for a lot of people, and I'm, I'm just really fired up to... Uh, share what we're learning. A challenging time, an uncertain time. And you know what? That's what this year's event is all about. The theme is really the new frontiers of B2B marketing. Now you can tell your mom, who I know is listening. So hi, mom. Uh, We love John. You can tell your mom that she is right to be very proud because John, I personally, honestly, you have been somebody that I have learned so much from, um, I want to say for over a decade now, and I don't want to make anyone feel old, but John, it's always to you, my friend. You're someone I always turn to to help navigate the kind of changing waters of what we're up to in marketing. Um, And this year in 2023 is no exception. I mean, we are dealing with an economic turndown. We are dealing with a lot of scrutiny on marketing budgets. Honestly, there's no one better to help us understand uh, what's going on. So thank you for being part of this and Ignite. Um, And hey, congrats on being demand bases, like top people to follow in 2023 for CMOs. Like let's, mom, you should be very proud. John is legit. Thank you. Yeah. And it's, uh, I think you're absolutely right. It is a very, very challenging time. In fact, um, you probably follow uh, Redpoint Venture, Tom Tungas, I think is how you pronounce his last name, some of his work. And he talks a lot about the venture funding side, and he's done some analysis on the different segments of the market. And kind of his observation very recently is none of the market segments are growing right now enterprise, mid-market, SMB. SMB went through kind of a one-time increase with COVID, uh, but that seems to be have a little bit settled down. So it's a really, really challenging time for um, any marketer. And, you know, we were kind of kidding around about, uh, you know, been listening to me for a long time. Um, The other recession that this reminds me uh, about is uh, one that we saw back in 2000 and 2001. And, um, you know, I'll share some lessons learned out of that as well. My company at that time, actually, uh, when I was head of marketing, CMO, we quadrupled in growth to 200 million. And it was unusual, very, very unusual. Um, But I remember distinctly that we were kind of the unicorn uh, of that uh, era. Um, And it was a very, very difficult time for companies to get new business. So, um, you know, hopefully some lessons learned from that experience extrapolate to today. Anyone you want to share in particular besides, hey, invest in Apple? <laughs> yeah, great, uh, great, great question. And, you know, things have shifted a little bit on the uh, account-based front, but really the, the biggest lesson is to prioritize the resources. You know, gone are the days. And if you think about, um, you know, I'm, I'm dating myself again, but 
in the late 90s through the dot-com bubble, it was kind of the go-go days. Spray and pray, uh, grab as much as you can. Revenue, everybody was growing in 98, 99. No different from the last two or three years where everybody was growing and so much so you couldn't even hire people. Um, and then all of a sudden the bubble popped in March of 2000 and the bubble popped here very recently with interest mm -hmm. rates raising in the US and then consequently globally. Um, but really what it came down to was prioritizing the resources and you almost have to be ruthless around what's going to get resourced and then what's not going to get resourced. The more you're disciplined around that one area of resourcing and you know we could double click into that even further, um, the better off you'll be in terms of growth and scaling. I would like to double click on that. And I also love the phrase double click on that. And every time I hear it, I chuckle. And thank you for letting me say it now three times. Let's double click on that. I love that the, the, the COVID kind of, you know, rapid growth that we saw reminds you of 98, 99. I, I, history repeating. And I, I think there's some comfort in that as a marketer because there's really nothing new under the sun. And I'm a little bit, you know, despite all the uncertainty around this, it's a little comforting to know that, look, some of the old tricks are now time to be, you know, taken out of the tool shed, prioritization being one of them. So tell me about what you're doing with clients um, as they're looking at, you know, cutting budgets while still trying to make this industry shift we're seeing from a lead-based approach to an account-based approach in B2B. How does that shift happen with, budgets and uncertainty being about just being cut and uncertainty being huge. Yeah, it's um, an interesting question. And, uh, you know, today we're a lot more data driven than we were 20 years ago or even two years ago. Uh, we've got so much data at our fingertips, but I think that's the key for the prioritization is I think there, there's probably four areas to really focus on. Um, the first, which we'll be talking at Ignite about will be the dashboarding and reporting side. And, there's two sides of that coin. There's the dashboarding and reporting from a marketing perspective, but then the other side of the coin is the sales enablement, which powers that dashboarding. But you have to have the right metrics out there. And uh, without the right metrics, you, you, you can't make the data-driven decision. Um, a lot of companies that we're seeing now are kind of in this stuck mode between a lead-based motion and an account-based motion. And so they're kind of in the stage of developing their target accounts and figuring out who to go after. And probably, you know, it, 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 it has been repeated a lot, I think, in the industry about what's called the ideal customer profile, which would be the third area to really refine. We've been talking about customer profiles forever, but I think where this particular economic climate really is relevant is being very disciplined and very ruthless around the different tiers within that ICP. So for example, um, certain tiers might get a different treatment with your resources. They might get BDR treatment, they might get a different sales treatment versus maybe the less relevant or those that fall outside of your ICP. Now you can almost have AI or um, you can find other ways to kind of keep in touch, uh, but you really wanna be thoughtful around your ICP and make sure that ICP is well understood, sales, BDRs, marketing. Um, so everybody's playing off the same sheet of music in order to scale. And then the last piece, which we really didn't have a lot of 20 years ago uh, that we have a whole lot of now is the technology. And this is another area that efficiency comes in. 
Um, first, you want to make sure that your platform that you have is giving you the value that you need. Um, the second, which we've been talking about for 20 years, is the process that builds up to that technology. Really want to have the processes in place. And now is a great time to kind of shore up loose processes. And then if necessary, then you make the investment. Um, and a lot of companies right now are kind of, they, they want to make that investment, but they know they can't go into their CFO with just saying, hey, this is what I'm going to go do. You, you have to be a lot more thoughtful now than uh, a year or two ago on that same level of investment. So those are the four areas that we see kind of rolling up to the prioritization of resourcing. I think that's so important. And I, I love this last point you've made about going to that CEO, CFO, getting and asking for budget. Um, it's a conversation every marketer can relate to. So it's keeping some up at night. But that's where this, as you say it, ruthless prioritization, which, by the way, did this discipline come from your time in the U.S. Army? Can we talk about this? Like the most disciplined guy in B2B is John Russo because, yes, because you're a, a veteran. We thank you very much. <laughs> Uh, well, it was an honor to serve. Uh, uh, that was a few pounds ago and a few years ago, but uh, I did retain the discipline. That's probably the one thing I have retained for, yes. around it is, uh, yeah, I do think that that, that definitely carries over. Um, one other interesting thing, too, on the CFO side that, that you, you mentioned um, that we're seeing more and more companies do. And as marketers, we, we don't really think a whole lot, at least I didn't think a whole lot, even, even when I owned the function, which was what's the workflow and the productivity of the BDR? And mm -hmm. the flip side of that is if you don't understand in detail what your BDRs or SDRs, whatever you call them, uh, what they're working on, assuming that you have them, and this is generally, not all businesses have BDRs or SDRs, but the ones that do, um, if you really don't understand their capacity, their throughput, the risk is as a marketer, you're either adding process or you're adding technology or you're adding your programs and nothing's happening with them. The BDRs may or may not be executing on the work that you're doing. So you really got to get your hands dirty. And, um, you know, when you make that case to the CFO, uh, our suggestion would be really look at that productivity. What time could be gained? What uh, processes could be streamlined? such that BDRs can gain time to make more calls, to prospect, to do more research, really understand the metrics of the BDR side of things. Um, and I think that will help you with your, your CFO conversation. I hope so. And I think that conversation gives a lot of people hives. But when you've got data, as you're suggesting, you've got this proof, whether it's productivity going up, right, whether it's growth, I think you're unstoppable as a marketer. So I know, John, that's one thing that you do with clients is help them uh, figure out how to add that data layer around ABM and ABX um, in a way that actually doesn't make a marketer want to pull their hair out. I think that's just the, the Lord's work and we thank you for what you're doing. So tell me of this a misconception. I mean, you've got marketers now who are trying to navigate the, the tech around them with the economic downturn. And you're saying, look, measurement matters as you're being disciplined. But what are most marketers getting wrong about measurement, specifically as it relates to account-based motions? Yeah, gosh, th there's a lot of different things. That we <laughs> we see only have here. a few minutes here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if, if I were to pick up one, and one that I made a mistake as an operator, so guilty as charged as a head of marketing, and you know I've been a CMO for ten years in public and private companies um, prior to running my own agency, and uh, gosh, I wish I could take my own advice now that I figure this out. The non-marketers in the room 
typically think much differently than marketers. Like we have kind of got our own language, intent data, marketing qualified accounts, marketing qualified leads, ABX, ABM. We've got our own, like it's like being back in the service. We've got our own language. It's proprietary and only a certain few people really understand that. And what, what I didn't do back in the day, and I still see issues today, is translate that into how the board, the CEO, uh, even your head of sales may think. Pipeline, channels, um, your velocity, kind of the more macro picture. And I will also say that we've kind of bludgeoned the non-marketers with the old serious models. So they're very ingrained in a lead-based motion. So where are my leads marketing? So there's almost two things that you have to overcome there. One is you have to be speaking their language of volume, velocity, channels. And two, you have to get out of what we've just trained them to do the last 10 years is say, where are my leads? Um, And that's been a, a, a very, very challenging area for a lot of people to do. If you're able to bridge that gap, Uh, You are head and shoulders above many other organizations. It's very difficult to do, though. It is. It is. And and thank you. This is why I love, you know, learning from and talking to you, because it is cutting through kind of the the clutter around marketing. I mean, this is what we've seen in the last X number of years, you know, an explosion around new ways of going to market. And because of that, there's, as your point, new acronyms, new trends, and it it does get a bit overwhelming. Um, I, I really feel for marketers trying to, to navigate these changing waters. Um, and I love that you referenced the, the serious decisions waterfall model. It really became the kind of de facto standard that was used for a long time. But as you wisely pointed out, the world changes and we've got to change with it as, as marketers. Um, part of that shift is changing our mindset, you know, just adopting a new way forward. Can I ask you kind of a, a personal question? Sure. All right. Now tell me, how do you, how do you navigate when a, when a marketer, you're really faced with a marketer, or maybe it's their colleagues who are really stuck in the old ways, whether that old way is from the dot-com boom and, you know, 98, or the old way was 2008, when we were all talking about the lead-based waterfall. How do you change their mind? How do you get them to start thinking differently about this move to an account-based model? Yeah, great, great question. Um, transformation and change is hard on anyone. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we'll talk about ABM and ABX, um, but really for anybody making any kind of change, it can be challenging. And it'll sound somewhat self-serving, but what I've learned over the years is as an outside entity, we could be saying the exact or nearly the exact same thing as an internal constituent would be in that change management process. The difference is twofold. One is sometimes an external, whether it's a vendor, an agency, uh, a neutral party, they have no stake in the game or that's the perception. So getting outside resources, your vendors, your MarTech vendors, your agencies to have conversations with the sales team to convince them on a point of view of, hey, this is what we're seeing in the industry um, has been really, really helpful. On the other side of that is when somebody takes that step, um, they can avoid the career risk of trying to take on a lot of the change management themselves. So, uh, and this is something I wish, again, as an operator, you know, I've got the foresight now of, 10 years of an agency, 10 years of CMO. Um, but 
I wish I had known that because I didn't use my agencies strategically enough. I just used them to, you know, go do this, go like, go do, go fetch a rock, go do, go do this, go do that. The ones, the clients that have used us the best over the years have actually involved us and personally have involved me with C-level conversations, their COO, their CFO with them, with the CMO or with the head of marketing or with the head of demand. It's never, you know, a one-on-one -on -one conversation, um, but it, it really helps build the case and takes pressure off the internal resource from having to do it all. And it, it really helps. I don't know what it is. It's just a, se a selling perception of the outside person, um, you know, has that, that window of credibility. It's not open mm -hmm. forever. Um, and it could be echoing exactly what the internal resource is saying, but it's just heard differently because of the perception of that dynamic. So that would be the lesson learned long-winded answer to your question. No, incredibly on point. And I, I, as you're speaking, I'm thinking about the marketer's challenge to create that respect, that trust. And it really all does fit into what you said at the beginning of our convo, which is about, it's about proving the value of every decision you make in marketing. So it fits totally that, you know, you've leveraged And by the way, this is a shameless plea to call John to go talk to your CEO to <laughs> get things going. You know, if anyone's persuasive, it's John Russo, but really it's about efficiency. It's about ruthless prioritization. This is all part of the same story that yes, marketers are facing um, this year. And it's such a specific time. I mean, this is 2023. We're never going to be in this exact moment again. And you've, I think, articulated the combining forces. Budgets are tightening. The tech is there. The data is there. It's about putting the two pieces together to maintain a position of respect internally so that you can do the things you know you need to do as a, as a business, as a marketing organization. Um, this is a new frontier. This is the, uh, like I said, the theme of Ignite USA this year is the new frontier of B2B marketing, what it means to do B2B and to do it well. Um, I'm going to ask you a hard question, but if you had to describe this new frontier in one word, that's it. What would it be? Ooh, one word. Um, I would say efficiency. Tell me why. Every motion that you have to have right now has to have a payoff. And um, whether it's making your BDR function more efficient, more productive, um, your MarTech stack, if you're invested in that, you have to make that produce revenue and be more efficient than a year or two ago. Um, and then the hard thing is some people have lost jobs and you know, you're hearing the 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 mantra of do more with less, which I think is patently unfair. But you know, it you know it's unfortunately a sign of the times. You have to be more efficient with your time, uh, and ultimately be effective with that time too. Um, but efficiency, I think, is the common denominator. You know, on any anything right now. Um, so that would be the one word that I would I would use for uh, describing it. It's a perfect word. It's a tough time as you describe it. But honestly, thank you as always for such clear-eyed guidance as marketers try to navigate things. Um, is there anything I haven't asked you today? And again, let's not give it all away because at Ignite USA, you're going to be presenting more. So this is a good reason to come to Chicago in May. But is there anything else you want to share uh, on this topic today before we wrap up? Yeah, I'm super excited for Ignite. Uh, what my vision is to present is around uh, kind of the progress that we've seen around the sales enablement and the dashboarding side. Um, so, you know, I hope you can join my session and, you know, would love to 
to hear what you're doing as well. Um, you know, some companies tend to think about using Tableau or Power BI, uh, but what we have found is that the sales enablement side lacks in a big way uh, with those tools. So uh, trying to push a lot of that information into Salesforce, into their workflows, um, is what we'll be covering at the Ignite conference. So uh, fired up to to be speaking on that. You've got product marketers and sales sales enablement folks just nodding their heads in vehement agreement right now listening to this. So where can these people find you and more about you, my friend? Uh, great question. So uh, I'm on LinkedIn. Uh, J-O-N is my first spelling of my name, John Russo. Or um, you can also email me or I'm on Twitter, B2B CMO. That's more memorable. Uh, my email address is pretty long, so I won't give that out here. But uh, <laughs> uh, I got to shorten that. I got to with all the digital marketing I need to it's on my things to do list but uh but LinkedIn and Twitter would probably be the easiest ways to uh, connect and uh if you do reach out and connect it would be great to get some context though sometimes I get these blind uh, <laughs> invites I don't know where they're coming from uh so you know if you can give some context that you heard Katie and I talking that's uh, super helpful <laughs> yes just say Katie sent you and everything is now a 20% discount no, there you go exactly but really John, I do hope to, oh hey you're welcome everybody <laughs> listen we're really doing this is the kind of magic that you can see no I'm just joking but John what a pleasure really I, I'm so excited to see you in Chicago May 23rd 24th uh, in Chicago and really it's this this event is going to bring together a ton of my favorite people you are squarely among them thank you thank you for being with us and my and my uh, audience today thank you ignite usa you can find out more at b2bigniteusa.com uh and i really want to thank the b2b team for letting me get on here and have so much fun as your shenanigan filled guest host john i hope it was uh painless today i am grateful for the opportunity and looking forward to seeing you shortly in uh, chicago I can't wait to hear you tell every market in the room how to be more efficient in 2023. <laughs> John Russo, B2B Fusion, thank you so much. My name is Katie Martell. It's been a delight to be your guest host. If you did not like the podcast, my name is Joel Harrison. All right, everyone, have a great day. And John, we'll see you at Ignite USA in Chicago.